0: Hello everyone, welcome back to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast, and this is not one of the standard everyday episodes, this is the one episode a year where we do a throwback, but not the typical Bottled Up throwback, but a throwback in the sense of we tell a story this week in the span of roughly 15 to 20 minutes, that's the goal, every week to get everything condensed within that short period of time so you can listen to this on your way to work, whatever, you know, assuming you're working on Saturdays, and if you are, Boy, that stinks, but this is the goal for this week. We're going to tell the story of the greatest car that ever raced in NASCAR, and it only ran for one race, and we are focusing this week on Jeff Gordon's T-Rex car. Now, some of you may know the story already, and some of you may have already listened to my episode of Bottled Up, where we talked to Ray Evernham, and that was one of the coolest interviews I've done, but you might have noticed we didn't touch on the T-Rex car, And that was just the way the interview turned out. It wasn't intentional to leave it out or or anything else. But the story of the T-Rex car begins with a challenge from the owner of Hendrick Motorsports, Mr. Hendrick. And his challenge was take the NASCAR rulebook, all hundreds of pages long that it is, and build the perfect race car. And he assigned this challenge to all of his crew chiefs, all of the engineers, and said, go to our head engineer And give him your ideas. And we will build the perfect race car. And at the time, Ray Evanham was the best crew chief. Probably still is the greatest crew chief in history, arguably. And he took this car and he put it together. And this was actually used as a test car. They would bring this car to track test days, go out, run it, see how it ran. And that was their, their typical plan with that car. They used it for testing up until... It was time for the All-Star Race in 1997. So, like I mentioned, this car was used for testing, and they said, we're going to race this car. So they go out, and they're running laps, and they're about two or three tenths off from what they were expecting to run in one of their standard cars. They bring the car in. Jeff Gordon basically gave the impression of, this car has something. I can't put it into words, but it, it can be better. I need something else in it. So Ray Evanham, being the crew chief genius that he is, basically went and did some things unheard of at that time in a stock car. Softer front springs, stiffer rear springs, a larger sway bar in the back. Basically, this car had different aspects of it all put together that individually might have thrown off the handling of the car, but together created what ultimately turned into the perfect storm. So they send the car back out. And as as Ray Avonham tells it, you've probably all heard the video uh, interview that Hendrick Motorsports released last year. He, Ray Evanham was up on top of the truck with a couple of other engineers, and they're all up there with their stopwatches. And Gordon makes a lap. Ray clicks the stopwatch, and he looks down at it, reading the tenth, you know, part of the second, and sees that it's about a tenth quicker. And he goes, "Oh, that's that's not bad. We're you know we're gaining time." And he's, you know, everyone else up there is celebrating. He gets a slap on the back, and he goes, what's wrong? And he looks down at the stopwatch and reads the full thing. It wasn't a tenth faster. It was 1.1 seconds faster. He didn't read the seconds portion of the stopwatch. And, you know, Jeff Gordon took it back to the pits. They were all blown away at how well the car performed. And they go out. They run it in the 1997 All-Star Race. Jeff Gordon starts 19th out of 20 cars. And he slices up the field and takes home the win $200,000 plus later. And Jeff Gordon has won in the T-Rex car, This one-of-a-kind car that was put together as part of a challenge by Hendrick Motorsports. And everybody's celebrating because now they have the ultimate race car. This thing is its perfect. It was a full second faster than the field. That just doesn't happen. It didn't happen back then and it certainly doesn't happen now. And at the end of the race, Ray Ebenham received a call from Brian France. And he thought it was going to be a congratulatory meeting. You know, he was going to congratulate him, wish him well on building such a fantastic race car. And at this point, the car had already passed tech inspection, pre-race and post-race, everything else. This car was legal per the rule book. And so Ray goes into the meeting and he's, He's ready for it. He's thinking, oh, I'm going to be congratulated. You know, I've built this perfect race car, and Jeff Gordon, the best driver in the field, has gone out and won with it. And he walks in, and he's told to sit down. And Brian France says to him, pick up this phone and call your boss. And Ray is confused. He goes, well, why? That car is not legal. Oh no, sir! It passed tech inspection. This car is perfectly legal. It's within the rulebook. We built it using the NASCAR rulebook as a guideline. It is just the perfect car. Ray, right? I'm gonna tell you something. That car's not gonna be legal tomorrow. So they had that car, essentially that car, banned from NASCAR. Not because it was illegal. Not because anything was wrong with it. Not because it broke any rules. Purely because it was so fast it could not be allowed to race and that's just the story of how it is and it's it's grown in legend it's one of the most notorious stories told around the garage a lot of people believe to this day that there was something illegal in that car but when you when you go back and look at it jeff gordon at one of the best years in his career he was riding the high wave there Goes from 19th to 1st, drives through the field in the all-star race, not not even for points. Just straight up for money, drives through the field, and wins it. And that car was run again. Chassis number 2429 has run multiple races. But after they took out the adjustments that they made because they were deemed illegal, that car was never able to run the same. And you can actually go see this car... At the Hendrick Motorsports Museum. It's still on display. And the reason I'm telling this story this week. Partially is because it's throwback week. And I I like to tell a story. And that's going to become a yearly tradition. Where this episode of Bottled Up. For Darlington Throwback Weekend. We tell the story of a car throughout history. This year in the first inaugural episode. Jeff Gordon is my favorite driver of all time. You know if I get to be biased. Jeff Gordon is my favorite driver of all time. I grew up watching him. I got to meet him, one of the first drivers that I met, and it's just, an unbelie- that was an unbelievable experience, but I've told that story many times before, and that's the car we're going with this year, the T-Rex car, so fast that it got banned, and it still lives on as one of the most famous cars in history, and so much so, in fact, that the reason that got my wheels spinning on this and wanting to tell this story is that... As I mentioned, it's throwback week. This is going to become a yearly tradition for Bottled Up. But also, on the iRacing side of things, I always find a way to tie it back into iRacing. I'm actually going to be running the Bottled Up uh, version of the T-Rex car. It's still got, you know, the T-Rex on the hood, but instead DuPont on the rear quarter panels. It's Bottled Up. That is the coolest thing in the world, I think. I, I absolutely love this car. You can see it, this car, over on Twitter, at Bottled Up Radio. Give me a follow there. That's where I interact with fans the most. It's where I you know, publish the most stuff anytime there's any sort of breaking news. And speaking of breaking news, by the time you're listening to this, uh, Tyler Dippel has finally had some more information come out on his story. And uh, if you were following along over on Twitter, at Love Radio, as I've mentioned plenty of times, so what happened over there is it turns out he had a uh, prescription pill bottle in the car with him, he was going about 80 miles an hour, and nobody's really sure where. If it was 80 in a 70, I've heard things as crazy as 80 in a 25. Basically, he was speeding. He got pulled over for speeding. There was something off about him and the passenger in the car as as it was put by the, the police report in New York. It wasn't in Canada. It was in New York. They, did a search, they asked to do a search of the car. Dipple agreed. They went. They did a search, and in a backpack, they found a prescription pill bottle that had that was addressed to neither Tyler Dibble nor his passenger, and they were conflicting things of what was in the bottle. It was actually ingredients for Adderall, not like Adderall itself, but things commonly found in it or maybe some sort of substitute for it. Essentially, that's what he was banned for. I don't really know why he wasn't... Uh, offered like the road to recovery program, probably because it had something to do with being arrested. You know, he wasn't suspended by NASCAR because he failed a drug test. He was he was suspended because he got arrested for having drugs. That could be why. That's that is pure speculation. Nobody's really commented on it yet. But it I guess it was true that he was caught with drugs. Um, I think the story primarily though is that he was caught with drugs at the Canadian border, trying to cross it to go up into Canada. Which wouldn't really make sense. I imagine that team would fly there as well. But caught with drugs the week before the race. And there was actually another suspension uh, in NASCAR. And that was uh, the germaine Racing crew chief. Ty Dillon's crew chief. He was suspended because in the diet coffee that he drinks. There was an ingredient that is banned by NASCAR. And I'm not going to go into the scientific technical details of it. It's considered a performance enhancing drug, but it's it's a subsidiary of it. It's an ingredient in it. So it's not he wasn't like taking performance enhancing drugs, and this was the crew chief as well. But an ingredient in the coffee he was drinking was confirmed to be at least by the team, within the team they confirmed this is what caused him to fail the drug test because it's it's matched up with what NASCAR told them he failed for. So at this point it's just sort of figuring out what went wrong, making sure that this really was the issue, and, you know, not that anybody has anything against the guy, it's not like he was shooting up heroin or anything crazy like that, you know, this isn't some dramatic story, it's just, it's almost a misunderstanding at this point. So, hopefully this will get resolved soon. It's amazing to see how much work Jermaine Racing does behind the scenes to get a car on track every week. That's a hard-working team, it's a single-car team, they don't have the best of equipment, but they make do with what they've got, you got to have a lot of respect for the single car teams around here, and when these things happen to them, that's not really their fault per se. Drinking a diet coffee isn't really trying to enhance his performance, and he wasn't doing it with the intention of enhancing his performance. He was doing it for the sake of drinking diet coffee, whether it be to lose weight or he liked the taste better. Not not really the relevant issue, but he failed the drug test, so he's suspended currently. I'm sure that will get figured out. NASCAR is not some evil, overarching body, dictatorship style, you know, pounding their fists down. No, 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 we're doing it this way. Anyone who fails a drug test for anything is banned. Yeah, that's not really the way they work. I'm sure once they confirm everything, it'll all be water under the bridge and that'll be okay. But that's your update for the Tyler Diffel story. We've also got uh, other things covered in this podcast. What else did we go over? We went over the Jermaine Racing issue And the story of the T-Rex car, which I still think is the coolest story in NASCAR, of which we'll have many more stories similar to it next year. If you want a bottled up paint scheme, our friends over at Midwest Motor Customs do some great work for low cost. It's amazing the bang you get for your buck from them, but that's over on the iRacing side. And pretty much any car, I'm sure he'll be able to create something for you. He's got a couple already made and, you know, just make some minor design tweaks, put your name over the door, things like that that's how we roll around here I'm gonna give another shout out to the button box shop because they actually just came out with some new products which is they are really cool it's like a push-to-talk button so you pretty much strap it anywhere you want and that is your push-to-talk whether you put have that set as your button to activate crew chief and you know assuming you use the crew chief app which is if you don't it's pretty darn cool you literally can say the word chief and it'll kick on you can say, tell me you know, how we doing on fuel or where's the guy in front of me, things like that. That's actually a free program. I just downloaded it online. Pretty pretty darn cool. Helps a lot with racing. Helps me a lot in the iRacing E-Series. Those are a pretty cool uh, group of guys there. But you got to push the talk button from them. They've also got a brake bias knob. And they did all this after I got my button box from them. So, oh, well, if I had known about that brake bias knob, that would be so cool to have. But I, I actually use a toggle switch for it. So I push the toggle switch up. More brake bias in the front. Push down less in the front. It's just a cool product, I think. And like I've said before, I don't push any products unless I personally use them. I'm not getting paid for this. I seriously just think the product is really cool. Another product I think is really cool is uh, Rent-A-Race Car. So if you're near Stafford Motor Speedway and you go and you watch the street stock race, you might see the 26, uh, the 94 out there. I believe the 53 is out of the same camp. Or the number 69 late model, Richard Ciriello. All these cars all around that run under the rent a race car logo Uh, a lot of them now have bottled up stickers on them which is the coolest thing to actually have stickers on it and speaking of stickers if you want one bad enough shoot me a dm over on twitter at bottled up radio we can get one in your mailbox no problem it is these are pretty darn cool and i just i i just think they're neat But that's going to conclude it for this week's episode of the Bottled Up Podcast. I hope you enjoyed the throwback episode, and thank you all so much for listening in to another episode of the Bottled Up Podcast.